friends, and welcome to another episode of Heartfelt Consciousness. I am your guide, Laura Bender. So this week, I was able to chat with our very own Molly Arney. So you know her as a member of peer support, online instructor, and also grief counselor with my vinyasa practice. So super passionate entrepreneur offering holistic healthcare services all online. Um, and these services that she offers offer an opportunity to for self-care, stress and pain management, anxiety and depression, emotional regulation, and it is an opportunity to join the mind, body, soul with person-centered interventions. So thanks for tuning in, and I will talk to you guys on the other side. So good afternoon, Molly. How are you? Good. How are you? Not bad. Not bad at all. Um, so I did want to take a moment to uh, just introduce you to the audience, even though I know our MVP audience does know you very well already. Um, as you're an online instructor, we're both in peer support together. Um, and I'm sure you have many other talents as well. So uh, without further ado, would you mind actually kind of telling the listeners about yourself and maybe your journey with yoga, how that all began? Sure. So um, my name is Molly Arney, I'm born and raised Jersey girl, uh, love the beach, love everything ocean oriented. Um, we always talk about moving. I'm like, as long as there's some kind of body of water near me <laughs> that I can yeah. breathe through. Um, so that's always a big part of my life. But uh yeah, I, I stumbled upon MVP really at the beginning of COVID. Mm. Um, I had, I'd, I guess, about a year ago this week, right? It's been a year. Yeah. Um, I quit my corporate job, went full-time for my small business, and two weeks later, we were in lockdown. Wow. Um, so I ended up finding MVP and doing my training with them and my 300 and kind of letting things unfold organically. However, I was completely not expecting. Um, but it kind of created my journey into MVP. And as they grew, I grew, you know, gratefully with the company, like you said, now I'm peer support, live mm -hmm. stream, uh, grief counseling, and do all of that for MVP plus my small business. So it's a lot. Awesome. But <laughs> yeah. It's kind of fun that you say that too. Um, actually I was in the same, same boat, you know, or maybe it was the same ocean, a different boat. I don't know, something like that. How, however, that I've heard it said many ways where it's the same, same, uh, same storm that we're weathering, something like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was about a year ago. Um, you might've graduated maybe a couple, maybe a month or a couple weeks before me, but I think we were kind of in that same track mm -hmm. a little bit too. Um, yeah, it was kind of one of those things like COVID shut things down. So you're kind of like, what do I do now? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think that this was a very, this is a huge blessing for maybe both of us in this, mm -hmm. in this thing. We actually wouldn't be both talking here if it wasn't for this coronavirus, yeah. which is a blessing and a curse at the same time, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. So, you know, you have a, large, you know, educational background in different things like bachelor's arts and music therapy and dance movement. Um, so with your education in different areas, even in those healthcare uh, areas, you mentioned like grief counseling. Um, so what brought you to a place to offer these services in like a holistic manner? Or was this something that was always uh, an intention for yours? Yeah, so it 
I started, like you said, uh, my undergrads in music therapy, my bachelor's in music therapy, and then I went on to get my master's in dance movement therapy. And um, music therapy is the only creative arts modality that is entry level at a bachelor's level. Mm. Um, so I said, I wanted to get my master's, but I need it again, you know, in music therapy. So I ended up going for dance movement because I grew up as a dancer, started dancing before I did music. Um, so mm. my primary is flute and voice, um, which I'll. I'm sure a lot of listeners, who anyone who's taken my class yes. will know I incorporate that in my classes. Um, but so I've always been like an arts kid. And when I decided or realized really that I didn't want to teach music, mm. um, I shifted to music therapy and that kind of led me down the therapeutic track. Um, so it it was intended from, from college, I guess, to, to use wellness in a therapeutic manner. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else, <laughs> but like that, that kind of worked its way. So from all of that education, like I learned more about the psychology behind music and movement yeah. and the therapeutic aspect of it. So that led me to get my Reiki training. And then I did that and found yoga and, you know, that way, once you're in the holistic health world, things yeah. kind of, you know, come to you. Um, but that really, that was really my start. And I actually forever was like, oh, I'm going to work with kids. Like that was going to be, I'm going to work with kids. I love kids, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I did an internship in undergrad with pediatrics. So medical music therapy. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I, I love this. And so I did my internship, my full internship for undergrad in hospice. And so I was a hospice music therapist for um, 18 and older for adults. And I was like, I, you know, I, I really love this work. So I continued in that and found myself in older adults and memory care with my grandmother who had dementia. Mm. Um, and so I kind of organically found people saying, it's so hard. How did you find yourself in hospice and memory care? Yeah. Um, and it just kind of was my organic path. And so that's really where the specialties um, came to be. And then I use all of that education and experience in those populations. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I can kind of relate to that in, in a little bit of that story. Um, my father-in-law actually was in a, um, in a memory unit assisted, um, kind of an assisted living kind of, mm -hmm. well, maybe it wasn't assisted living. I think it was more of a nursing home, but this was like back in 2019 and, um, but yeah, those kinds of programs are just so detrimental to the, the, the staff and to the, the people that are residents there. I mean, those were the days that would bring, you know, life to him, you know, mm -hmm. when we would go visit him and they'd have activities involving music and, um, and just, and some movement and, and things like that. Cause a lot of those people don't, they probably don't ever see that that um, stepping out of that environment at all. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it really is a joy. And I think that that's, you know, not a word you always hear when it comes to this population. Yeah. Oh, it's, it must be so hard. And it is, you know, there's a lot of days you, you realize, you know, being present for that experience, if it's memory care, or if it um, is end of life, you know, but the yeah. flip is that it's so rewarding yes. because, 
I'm, I'm watching and witnessing family members witness their loved one have a moment. Um, and I love, I call them magic moments because it's just, oh, dad doesn't do that. He hasn't smiled. He hasn't danced. He hasn't moved, you know, we'll come in and do yoga. No, no, no. He doesn't do that. You know? And, but yeah. I put on his favorite song. I make eye contact. We mirror and share a space and all of a sudden dad's moving and we have the family members laughing and crying and can't believe it. And it's like, you just needed that opportunity. He just needed to have that space to have that experience. Not that he couldn't anymore. Um, right. you know, and it's, it's really finding that, especially in memory care, like you said, cause it's people coming in and doing those groups, but you need to have that. And that's what I was doing solely before COVID. Um, so, you know, really kind of finding the next opportunity to create that space. If we can't be in a physical space. Yeah, no, no, that was so hard. And what was tricky too, because, you know, for a long time, at least where I live, and I'm sure a lot of places over the whole United States, you know, there was people weren't allowed to visit any nursing homes or facilities that would have that kind of service. Mm -hmm. So um, you kind of had to rely on technology. And if the technology wasn't there, then really, what are you going to be able to do? I mean, Mm -hmm. did you actually, did you, I don't know, um, did you find any circumstances where you were able to do anything like outside of the buildings or anything like that? So I actually, in a few of my buildings, I do, um, because they have the technology. So they Mm. have a program that I will go on Zoom and then they'll project it to all the resident rooms. Oh, awesome. We're doing yoga or music um, on TV, essentially. Yeah. Um, But it's hard for me because I can't see them. Yeah. So, you know, all the time I'm just queuing everything, (laughs) getting 500 (laughs) modifications and, and options and how to adapt and listen to your body. Um, and it's hard because a lot of them are communities. So mm-hmm. it's independent living, ALF, memory care. Um, so it's a, it's a wide variety of, of people. And so I've been doing some of that. And then outdoors and coming up, luckily, with spring, they're doing um, – socially distanced groups now. Oh, so great. I have, I'm very excited <laughs> to get that back is to my wonderful. Um, but, you know, to do adaptive yoga and I do the chair yoga dance classes. Um, so to have, have that, but it'll be a while before I can do a dance therapy group to be able to really share a close space and mm-hmm. touch and use that tactile and sensory stimulation. Um, so we'll get there one day. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's hope for that pretty soon too. Yeah. So kind of leading into that, you're kind of talking, touched on the, the dance energy dance and everything like that. So you created this space of wellness with, you know, your business, uh, specifically. And then, um, so I know you just, can this might've been like about a month, was it a month ago or so that you launched that we have the class with MVP now that has the actually energy dance with it? So, yeah, so I'm doing chair yoga dance. And mm-hmm. so I, my business is energy dance, healing and wellness. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I'm a, a single member LLC. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I guess I, I built my business for about four years for that awesome. jump from corporate life and then the world, but we you know we're meant to same boat, same boat <laughs> <laughs> meant to go with the flow, um, and take what comes our way. But, uh, but so I, I, through my business, we're doing the dance therapy, music therapy, Reiki, um, bedside yoga, and mm-hmm. then 
recently we added chair yoga dance, which is a separate training um, with Yoga Vista and Sherry Zach Morris, and she's a yoga therapist. And so she does the training online now because of COVID, oh, which is cool. Um, so it's self-paced, like MVP. And uh, I took it online and now we teach, I'm on the schedule Tuesdays and Wednesdays for 30 minute blocks. Um, and it's great. And so far we've had everyone um, from all ages, all <laughs> countries. Oh, nice. um, um, and it's been really fun. So we do a theme class every other week. And it's just another opportunity to bring that combination of music and movement and then cognition and reminiscence into the same space. And it's nice too. So I always ask, say, please put your cameras on Um, because, you know, it's hard enough, as you know, when you teach a class to a bunch of black boxes. um, (laughs) Exactly. And so, you know, it's already kind of odd to teach that space, but to really dance and be cueing and have guided imagery and moving um, without seeing each other. It's like, come on, like, I'm not recording this. It's okay. Um, yeah, I know. Have more people putting their cameras on, which has been really nice. So we're, we're doing good with the yoga dance. So hopefully we'll, we'll continue to, to grow that. Yeah, time. absolutely. So yeah, I, and you said just on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and Tuesdays. what times are those at? At 7 a.m. Central okay, and Wednesdays at 1.15 Central. So okay. it's 30 minutes like right before work and on your lunch break. So that's kind of nice. Yeah. And we need the movement. So those of us that are still even probably working from home, this is like a perfect little lunch break kind of exactly. time to get, get yourself moving around and everything. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, so, yeah. And then what other offerings? I Because you actually, you teach several other classes with MVP as well. Um, so what other offerings do you have there that you've kind of integrated um, your other wholeness, other wellness? Yeah. Uh, so with? with with MVP, um, I also teach restorative, mm-hmm. which I do a lot with um, hospice and palliative care and cancer support. So I, I really enjoy that space because I feel like we can bring more um, of a therapeutic aspect especially with zoom, it's hard, you know, I'm not able to prop someone and set them up nicely. So it's a lot of cueing and kind of creating that space energetically. Mm -hmm. Um, So I teach Tuesdays and Wednesdays for restorative as well. Um, And then recently, gosh, I guess maybe about a month ago, I did a weekend lecture on yoga and end of life care. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Yes. That's part, I'm assuming that's part of one of the lectures that pe- that students can listen to too. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So current MVP students can uh, use it for their community hours. Awesome. Well, that's good to know. Um, yeah. And I can definitely restorative is one of my uh, favorite practices as well. And I, I have to, I think it, the timing of your classes might not be the right time with, with me, but I'll have to find a time to schedule that in. Cause I've, I I've been leading that or facilitating that study group now for a couple, um, however long we've had it a couple few months. And, um, yeah, I just, I love that practice. I just absolutely love it. (laughs) Um, so last kind of last question to wrap up our conversation. So this is what I ask everyone. So don't feel that, (laughs) um, it's, it's been the question for everyone. It's the million dollar question, I guess. So what is the most valuable lesson that you've learned during the pandemic, which I, I kind of feel like I have to rephrase that a little bit because we're technic- technically still in it. You know, there's still things mm-hmm. going on, but there's probably something that sticks out to you right away that says, wow, yeah, that that taught me something that brought me somewhere. I think, 
I don't know if it's two answers, but <laughs> no, go for it. Answer it. <laughs> so the whole idea of our yoga off the mat, right? Like living that yoga, yeah. um, out off the mat, outside of asana, really in our day to day, living mindfully, um, and with that kind of accepting. I think that would be the right word for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, accepting the unknown, accepting that transition, that need to pivot, um, because like I said, I'm. I'm a type A, PITA, structured, <laughs> like, <laughs> this is my life goal, here's my outline kind of person, um, and to throw a quarantine pandemic and throw everything, you know, in my plan out the window, um, I had to be able to say, okay, like, let me allow myself to accept the pause. Let me pause, look at it, and see what comes up, see what naturally switches, accepting that pivot, noticing what changes. Um, you know, and I think that was the biggest thing for me in this past year, because for me to quit a job to go full-time to work in nursing homes and, you know, individual end-of-life groups and hospices um, to say, okay, I'm, I'm a full-time yoga teacher and peer support rep. And I teach online, you know, and, and shifting all of that Right. Completely into my business and virtually offering grief counseling and workshops and everything was never something I had in mind. Um, but I feel like it's added so much value to mm. my life, my business, um, my, like you said, networking connection. We would have never yeah, met, you know, like exactly. it's so nice yeah. to look at it that way and say, okay, well, what, you know, that plan didn't work, but what can what can I accept and move through the positives and, and what I didn't expect? So I think that would probably be my, my greatest lesson. That was still hard. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely, I, I feel like it's a lesson that we're still continuing to learn, <laughs> you know, it, day by day, um, breath by breath, you know, we're, we're finding just different things that kind of maybe are thrown into the whole mix and we have mm -hmm. to kind of work with it. Um, it could be as simple as, you know, a password changing. <laughs> I feel like that's happened many times in the last several weeks or the yeah. Zoom's not, Zoom is not working for whatever reason and, mm -hmm. you know, technology and having just to kind of deal with those little, just really trivial, not important things. Um, but sometimes it could kind of be like, oh my gosh, it's like a tipping point. Exactly. It's a tipping point or something for someone. <laughs> Well, anyway, I really appreciate your time, your energy here today, Molly, and uh, sharing your story, your journey with us um, and your class offerings. I can't wait to uh, get, hopefully I can make it to, what day is St. Patrick's Day? Is it Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday. So we have our Luck of the Irish playlist for Chair Yoga Dance on St. Patty's Day. Oh boy. Well, this, um, <laughs> this will probably air, I think this will probably air after that, but um regardless, go to our classes a couple times a week. You know, there's several offerings. So check them out on MindBody. Um, but yeah, thank you so much again, Molly. I really appreciate your time today. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Molly and be sure to check out her multiple offerings on MindBody, especially the chair yoga dance. So much fun. So as always, don't forget to share, review and subscribe. So be well, my friends.